0: Hello again, fellow horror fan. In this episode, we are going to be covering the story Hunted in the Mountains, submitted to the No Sleep Reddit by Cold Coffee 1775. Cloudcroft, New Mexico, a small scenic and touristy town hidden in the mountains of south central New Mexico. Years ago, the region experienced a series of horrific and devastating forest fires. The effects of which can still be seen today. My father and I went up into those mountains a few days ago. It's been another dry year, but no fires thus far. The reason for our trip was threefold. My dad wanted to scout the land for an elk hunt he'd be having in a few months, I wanted to get some altitude training, and we both wanted to spend some time together before I left for boot camp. If you've never been to Cloudcroft, it's beautiful. I love the mountains. I love the the brisk air. Despite being almost 9,000 feet in elevation, I wouldn't mind living there. The region typically experiences cold winters, with a lot of brutally heavy snowstorms. The weight of the snow, combined with the wind, can often leave shrubs and saplings and even older trees bent, arched, or twisted. My dad and I arrived at a secluded area way outside of town and set up camp. Afterwards, we set out to scout a bit while we still had daylight. We ended up spotting a small herd of elk at one point. This area looked really promising for my dad's hunt. The rest of the evening proved to be rather uneventful. My dad practiced with his compound bow a little bit. I browsed a car catalog, and we ate a dinner of deer steak and potatoes. The next morning, we got up before dawn. We spent a little bit of time drinking coffee and eating a small breakfast before we set out. We took a long, arching path that would eventually circle back round to our camp. The sun began to rise, and the temperature plummeted. Around that time, my dad and I broke through the forest into what first appeared to be a clearing. Only, it wasn't a clearing. It was a vast swath of forest that was burned years ago. The charred remains of trees still planted firmly in the ground. The forest was finally beginning to reclaim the area. Grass, shrubs... And even small saplings were beginning to grow, and then, out of nowhere, a thick fog rolled in, blanketing the area in thick, suffocating mist, dropping visibility to a mere ten yards. The area began to appear somewhat otherworldly in appearance. The charred tree trunks and saplings, twisted by the weight of the past nose, created strange alien shapes in the mist. My dad and I were prepared for such situations. I had my compass and he had a GPS. I knew that all would be well. My dad broke out the GPS and, well, he had barely turned it on when the batteries died. Apparently, he had accidentally left the backlight on it and it used too much juice. But no worry. I had my compass and we both knew the general direction of our camp so we'd be fine. We began walking back towards camp and that was when we heard something behind us. It sounded like something running through the grass. Something with more than two legs. The footfalls swift yet heavy. We turned to face the direction of the footfalls. My dad was packing a forty-five Kimber 1911. Being less than 21, I couldn't pack a pistol. And a rifle would have been too heavy, so I contented myself with an assortment of knives. My dad unbuttoned the holster of his pistol. I mean, it could have been a cow elk or a deer, but... I guess you can never be too careful. We turned back in the direction of our camp and began walking again. The fog fog almost seemed to thicken over time. Visibility was down to a mere five yards now, and this made our going slow. We were on the side of a mountain in unfamiliar territory, and the shadows were starting to play tricks with my mind. I was becoming uneasy. Suddenly, another noise came from behind us. Only it wasn't footsteps again, it was it was a whistle. It rose in pitch and gave way to a low warble. It reminded me of that dinosaur from Jurassic Park, the one that sprayed that fat dude in the face with some kind of acidic poison. This time, when we turned in the direction of the noise, my dad knelt and unholstered his 1911. He was aiming in the direction of the noise. At this point, we both knew it wasn't a deer or an elk. And if it was a bird it wasn't like anything we had ever heard before perhaps it was just some kids trying to play tricks with us but as we sat there tense and alert for what seemed like an eternity we felt uneasy finally my dad holstered his pistol and suggested that we pick up the pace back to camp the moment we stood up and turned our back something behind us rushed us from our right side coming from uphill it was on us blindingly fast. As it passed, I felt something smack into my right thigh and then it was gone. It wasn't until I tried to take a step that I knew something was wrong. My right leg gave out from underneath me and I fell face first into the ground. My dad rushed to my side and turned me over. We looked down at my leg and it was bleeding. A cut, made with almost surgical precision, ran six inches down my thigh. It was almost two inches deep. That was when the pain hit. It felt like someone had taken a superheated spike to my leg. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't quiet about it. My dad took the first aid kit from his pack and was in the process of removing the bandages when that thing rushed us again. This time it came at us from downhill, and so naturally it wasn't as swift. And as it passed, I caught a glimpse of it. It had unnaturally long legs, a bent and arched frame, and pale, leathery skin. My dad removed his pistol and immediately squeezed off two shots as it ran past, but his shots were rushed and they went wild. He set his pistol down and immediately went back to putting pressure on my leg and wrapping it. Slap dash bandage job done. My dad wrapped an arm around my shoulders and helped me up. We began going as fast as we could back to camp, but I was injured. The fog was thick and we were both very disoriented. The going was slow. Not a minute later, we heard the whistle again from downhill, our left. My dad took out his pistol again and aimed it in its direction, but it came directly behind us. We didn't hear it running and it was too late. I saw it sprint by in a blur and my dad grunted and dropped to the ground. Without his support, I involuntarily followed suit. He was clutching his abdomen below his left ribcage. His shirt and jacket were torn and blood flowed freely between his fingers. The whistle came again, this time from in front of us. I turned to see its shadow coming at us from the mist. I reached for my dad's gun, but it was like I was moving through molasses. Before I could grab the gun and aim, the creature had closed the distance. He grabbed my dad and he was gone. I collapsed to the ground. I could still hear my dad's screams echoing in the mountains. My leg wound was bleeding, and I needed to get moving or I'd probably bleed out or worse. But first I needed to get ready to defend myself. I grabbed a bar knife from my belt. It was a birthday present from my dad when I turned 18. Its blade was recently sharpened and oiled, its handle was sturdy and true. It wasn't a 45 1911, but it was better than nothing. Unsteadily, I stood. And I hobbled in the direction of camp. I was a sitting duck, alone, lost, disoriented, injured, armed with only a knife. And then, you know, there was a severely limited visibility. I knew I was easy prey. If I got out of the fog, maybe, just maybe, I would have a better chance, if only slightly. I heard something coming at me from behind. There was no way that I could jump from one side or the other with my leg, so I just fell to my left. That's what saved me. As I fell, the thing flew right by where I was standing, so instead of being taken by whatever this thing was, I rolled uncontrollably downhill almost a hundred yards. I rolled over thorny shrubs, logs, and rocks. I rolled and bounced off of tree stumps. My pack was ripped off my shoulders somewhere down the way. My plummet was only stopped when I crashed into a blackened, charred tree trunk with a sickening crunch. I forced myself to sit up and assess the damage. I was cut up, beat up, and really bruised. My clothes were in shreds, cuts, and scrapes were showing through the holes and tears. Sitting up was excruciatingly painful. I could feel that multiple ribs had been fractured or maybe even broken. The cut the creature had made in my leg was bleeding profusely. And there was a cut above my right eye now, too, that was bleeding down my face. It was forcing me to keep that eye closed. I was toast. I sat there, propped up against the blackened tree trunk. I had lost my K-bar somewhere uphill, but I had more knives. I grabbed a buck hunting knife. The blade was five and a half inches long. It was thick and heavy. If I was going to be torn apart by this creature, this, this thing, I might as well make this thing hurt, too. The fog was still thick as ever, dense and suffocating. My nerves were obviously shot, every noise made me jump out of my skin, a vulture somewhere above me, um, a coyote in the distance, even a mouse scurrying over dead leaves. Despite my blood loss and pain or, you know what, maybe because of it, I was on high alert. And so I waited, for an agonizing eternity. The whistle came again, loud, low and long. The creature knew it had won. It was coming for me. Only a few minutes later, directly ahead of me, a shadow came, long, slender, and arched out of the fog. The creature formed into full view. The skin was thick, leathery, and yet so pale. It seemed to be stretched and drawn so tightly over its frame that every bone could be counted. Its tail was short and stiff, its rear legs were about half as long as its front legs, The knees bent backwards. Its front legs were so very long and thin. They ended in long fingers. It walked on its knuckles like a gorilla. Half up each of its forearms came a long, wicked-looking dewclaw. They both dripped with flesh blood. My blood. On its round head were two small, beady eyes that that radiated an oily, malevolent stare. Two large, drum-like membranes sat behind its eyes, like what you would see on a frog. Its mouth was merely a gaping hole filled with small, needle-like teeth surrounded by stretched and cracked lips. It walked within a breath's distance of me, staring into my eyes. I could smell its rot and decay in its breath. Resisting the urge to gag, I stared back into its eyes. Slowly, it raised one of its front legs extending its stiletto-like dewclaw. Before it could strike, I lunged forward and planted my knife into its abdomen, where its stomach should have been. With a piercing, reverberating whistle that was more like a scream, it clutched at the knife and reeled backwards. It tore the knife out with a savage jerk and tossed it aside. Then, slowly, deliberately, it turned to face me once more. It pounced on me like a tiger pounces on unsuspecting prey. I curled into the fetal position as it tore at my back, my arms, my legs. I knew I was going to die. Suddenly, a shot rang out. And another. And another. I felt the the creature flinch after each shot. Two more shots and I felt it's warm blood spilling over me. With a shriek born of hatred and agony, it ran. I felt a hand on my shoulder. I looked up. It was my dad. He was in bad shape, torn and bleeding from damn near everywhere it seemed. The creature had grabbed him by his pack and he was able to cut the straps off to get away. We sat there propped against the same blackened trunk for some time. I became cold. So very cold. Blood loss no doubt. Eventually the fog burned off and we weren't able to get up and move. After almost three hours of weaving in and out of consciousness, someone found us. A lone hiker had seen my packs from a distance and subsequently s- seeked us out. Park rangers were alerted and came to our location. We were airlifted out and taken to a hospital in Albuquerque. That was only three days ago. The memories are still fresh and the nightmares are constant. Mountain ranges anywhere in the world are home to beautiful and awe-inspiring views animals and miraculous creatures But they also hold secrets Hiding places for creatures that would rather go undiscovered and undisturbed Creatures that sleep in darkness accompanied only by the bones of past hunts Wow That was a really good one guys. Holy crap. I really hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did Um, Please leave a rating, leave a like, uh, whatever you do on podcasts, and uh, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.